Welcome to FitBite, the mini series on the Fit Design podcast where we take bite-sized pieces of the fit design content you love on all things sportswear design, graphic design, manufacturing, and logistics and break them down for you into easy to understand bite-sized episodes. What's up design family and welcome back to another episode of Fit Design TV. So glad to have you guys back on the channel. On today's episode, we'll be looking at my top five crucial lessons that we can learn from the slow and steady rise of Nike sportswear. Anyone who's ever heard of sportswear or has heard of any sort of fashion brand knows the name Nike. But what you may or may not know is that the rise of Nike was not a meteoric one, where in this day and age, we're used to fast, we're used to immediate returns. The story of Nike is actually a very slow and steady one. And actually, the company started in a much different form than the company we know and love today. So as a fashion brand looking to start off, what can you learn from Nike? Well, on this episode, I'll be giving you guys my insights as a sportswear designer and as someone who's worked with thousands of brands in terms of what I think are the key takeaways. And a lot of these takeaways will be taken from Phil Knight, who is the founder or the co-founder of Nike's biography, Shoe Dog, which is a phenomenal read that I highly recommend you guys check out. So if you guys are interested to see what you can learn from Nike, tune into this episode. You guys are in for a good one. Number one is that big businesses at the time were extremely fragile, though on the outside, they may not have seemed like it. They were actually a lot more fragile than they gave off the impression to be. And what this did was it presented a great opportunity for a small brand like Nike to come into the market and carve out a strong niche for itself. As I mentioned before, Nike did not actually start as Nike sportswear company. What it started off as was Blue Ribbon Sports, which was based on the core idea of taking running shoes from Japan, from the Tiger brand, and reselling them in the United States to a growing running market. But at the time, running was such a specific niche, it was almost seen as a sport for the obsessed or the Olympic runner or the freaks. It wasn't a mainstream idea and Nike took this idea and honed in on the type of customer base and built an entire business off of the back of reselling Japanese running shoes. By executing it correctly, what they did was they carved out a niche for themselves and they were able to penetrate the market in an untapped location. This gave them the ability and sort of the momentum that they needed to push forward. So what did we learn from this? Number one, no matter how saturated the market is, if you find the right angle, you can always penetrate and actually build a name for yourself. Also, a starting point is a starting point. It doesn't mean that the company you are today is going to be the company you are in 10 or 15 years. It's always important to build off of the backs of your wins. It's important to build off of your momentum. If you remain the same company you are today, I promise you, you will die out. The business and the world is ever changing and we must be attuned to these changes and consistently update and evolve with the times. Number two, the line between success and failure is extremely fine and you actually, you need luck along the way. Yes, it's important to work hard. It's important to be determined. It's important to be technically gifted. It's important to build the right team. These are things that are essential and without them, you have no chance of succeeding. But luck or Dharma or Jananya or Tao or whatever it is, actually has a key role to play in the success of your business. And you should always look at every single positive thing that happens to you with a sense of gratitude. It's extremely important to know that there are things you control in life and there are things that you do not control. The five to 10% that you do control, you should do your best to control 
to determine the outcome, to put yourself in the best possible position, but the remaining 80%, those you cannot control, but you better make damn sure that when the opportunity arises, you're ready to take it. Those who believe that simply putting in the work is going to give them the results, those are people who are severely mistaken. I've seen this in my own business and I see this in the businesses of extremely successful entrepreneurs around me. They put in the work and they have their ups and downs. Downs are based on circumstances outside of their control, but when they do have their ups, it's because they put themselves in prime positions to take seed of that luck, of the positive fortune on their side and to benefit and to maximize from it. Always put yourself in the best possible position. Do the work today so that when luck is on your side and it strikes the right chord, you're ready, willing, and able to take luck by the horns and achieve the outcome you need and you want for your business. Number three, through the hardships of Nike, we know that this life and the successes that await you are for those who are willing and ready to fight for it. This is so simple, but in reality and in execution, it can be so difficult. Nike itself was on the verge of bankruptcy multiple times during its rise. Actually, for the majority of the time before they went public in 1980, they were actually cash strapped. They were living from month to month, literally drawing on a zero balance, paying suppliers, taking out loans from creditors in order to pay off their suppliers. They kept reinvesting every single dollar that they had for the first 25 years of the company back into the business to fuel the growth. What does this mean? Well, can you imagine this? Can you imagine running a successful company that is generating tens of millions of dollars a year, yet your bank balance is still zero or close to zero every single month? This is someone who has the belief, the tremendous belief in self, who has the idea that no matter what, I need to keep pushing, I need to keep growing, I need to keep reinvesting. Not only that, the initial company that Nike started off their business with, so Tiger Sports Company, which is a Japanese-based running brand, this is the sole brand that they actually started importing from for the first 10 years of their business, taking in these shoes and generating an entire business off the back of reselling Tiger shoes. And actually, Nike as a brand, or Blue Ribbon Sports as a brand, was and is the reason that we know Tiger and Onitsuka as a company today. They're the people who brought it in from Japan and actually distributed it. And despite all of that, they ended up being sued by the very company that they helped build and bring to the United States and they move forward from that. They were actually also sued by their own government using a sort of tax fraud loophole, which was used by their competitors to actually try to put them out of business. Companies like Nike or companies like Adidas, Puma, actually lobbied the US government to trigger in a tax law that issued tens of millions of dollars worth of pre-owed or back paid taxes all in one go to try to put Nike out of business. And despite all of this, they pushed through and they made sure that no matter what the challenge was, they're able to overcome it and push past it. There's a great quotation in the book by Phil Knight himself that truly illustrates this point. It drives it home beautifully. And he says in the book, he says, someone may beat me, some banker, creditor or competitor may stop me, but I swear to God, they will have to bleed in order to get me to stop. And just to put that into the mindset, this is someone who's been through the trials and tribulations of truly trying to build something phenomenal. Anyone who's trying to build something bigger than themselves understands that there will be resistance. If you want to create something that is unique, special, something that no one else has created before, well, you have to go to places that others are unwilling and unable to go to. Yes, this is a challenge and yes, it may be difficult, but 
It is one of the greatest challenges and the greatest push-throughs that you ever put yourself through. Number four, we learned that money always comes secondary in any business venture. It's not about the profit, it's about the journey. Look at money as a store of value. And I've recounted multiple times in this episode that for the majority of its life before going public, Nike was almost cash deficit. They're always pushing themselves to their limit. They're pushing their bank balance, always consistently reinvesting everything back into product, into stock, into their R&D, into actually building the business because they understood fundamentally that money is a means to an end. But without that end in mind, without the motivation, without the purpose there, well, the means is purposeless. Never put money as your primary goal. Yes, it is important to generate a profit. You need it as a fuel for your business. And there's a beautiful story in the book that recounts of Phil Knight when him and his partners are actually looking at the concept of IPOing, which means issuing shares of the company to the public. For a successful company, this can generate tens of millions of dollars worth of immediate cash on hand, and it can actually make the founders go from being nobodies to millionaires overnight. And that's what it did for Nike. But when he recounts this story, he almost looks back at it with a sense of uncertainty. He looks at it with a sense of, is this something that I truly want? And really here, the motivation is not the money. He looks at the IPO as a loss of control, as a bringing in of the stranger, of the foreigner into a company that he's built from scratch. And this really gives us an insight into understanding that money is not the motivation. What it is, is about building a concept, building a vision, building a brand that is able to achieve and build a community around it. And that's a beautiful thought when you think about it. Uh, you understand that money is necessary, but it should never be crucial. And that distinction is very important. You should not have every single motivation dictated by the purpose and the financial gain, but you need financial gain in order to dictate your purpose. Number five is that purpose does not come on the first day. It's built over time. So many entrepreneurs, so many business owners go into business thinking that they have to have an ironclad purpose from day one, and that's simply not the case. Yes, it is extremely important to know what you're trying to achieve, to know why you're going into business, but understanding that as your company begins to take a life of its own, as you begin to build a team, as you begin to build a vision, as you begin to penetrate the market, your vision, your purpose will begin to unfold itself. The company you are today is not the company you are tomorrow. The company you were yesterday is not the company you're going to be in 10 years. I will consistently say this because life is always changing. There's nothing that stays the same. People come, people go. Things change. Markets are in turmoil. Markets are in flourishing states. But you stay consistent in your approach. And as things open up in front of you, this is where begin, your purpose begins to take shape. There's a beautiful conversation in the book between Bill Bowerman and Phil Knight. Bill Bowerman was basically a co-founder of Nike. And in this conversation, they're expressing to one another that the idea that they're going after is something that they feel is going to be life-changing. They don't quite know it yet, but what they're doing at that stage is actually creating the entire sportswear and a running shoe market from scratch by issuing these initial designs of the Air Max, of the running shoe, of all of these iconic classics that we know today that have carved out the entire market, they are beginning to carve out their purpose without knowing it. It's not that Nike went into their business or as Blue Ribbon Sports knowing that this is what they want to achieve. That purpose unfolded over time as 
the business world brought them and took them. As the road winded up and down, left and right, and as every obstacle that was faced was overcome, that purpose began to open up bit by bit. It's almost like seeing through fog. When you're looking from afar, you can't see anything. All you can see is the fog. But as you begin to move through the fog, the object in the distance becomes ever more clear. Most people are unwilling to move through the fog. They let the fog haze them. They let the fog throw them off track. But if you keep steadfast and you keep moving forward in the right direction, eventually your purpose will align itself to you. And eventually you'll be able to see it crystal clear and as clear as day. Well guys, that is it. That is a wrap on this episode. That's been my top five key crucial lessons that we can learn from Nike. Specifically, these lessons were taken from Phil Knight's biography, Shoe Dog, that I highly recommend you guys check out. To recap quickly, we looked at the five key lessons and number one was that big businesses at the time were small or were large, but were also fragile at the same time. Just because there is a tremendous amount of competition and there are goliaths in the space does not mean that you can or you should count yourself out. Two, the line between success and failure is extremely fine. You need to have the work ethic, but also you need to have luck on your side. Whether you like to believe it or not, there are things that are out of your control that you need to have go your way, but it doesn't mean to stand around waiting for them to happen. Three, this life and the successes that are available to you are for those who are willing to fight for it. Four, money should always be secondary. The motivation for money and capitalistic gain should always be secondary in the pursuit of what you want. Money is a store of value and money is the ability to maneuver and to deploy your vision and your passion in the business. Number five is that purpose does not come on the first day. It is revealed over time. Guys, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And I'd like to bring this to your attention. If you guys are looking for a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me, if you guys are looking to discuss your own business, you're looking to build your own fashion brand, you're interested in how to build your own design, your collection, how to source manufacturers, how to market, or how to just build a solid and ironclad business plan, well, check the link in the description. I hold personalized and private one-on-one -on -one consultation calls every single week with very limited slots. So if you're interested, check the link in the description and we can hop on that call immediately. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fit Design TV. Until next week's episode, Stay awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Fitbite. If you did, please consider leaving a review below. It really does help us out. Let us know what episodes you want to see next. And until next time, stay awesome.